is the best of two pros in a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Before you do it. Yes. Before you do it. Yeah. So I'm in Virginia Beach right now, and I said I would do this because we have some really, really loyal listeners in this area, okay? So I've been here on, on a little bit of business, and I was at a, a restaurant yesterday, and they were like, you know what? You got to make sure you you hail us up. So shots out to my guys that, that I was with yesterday, and they bought me none other than what, Brady O'Quinn? What did they buy me at the bar? Oh, and Long Island? Make sure, and they said to make sure that I tell you that, hey, I bought you a Long Island iced tea, and I want you to tell Brady and Jonas. And, oh, by the way, is Jonas, like, is Jonas as cool as he seems on radio um, <laughs> off air, or or is he, like, not cool at all? Like, what's he like? And that was an honest-to-God's question that I received yesterday at the bar, was is Jonas as cool off air as he seems on air? I was like, wow, is Jonas as that, cool huh? as he seems? Little, yeah. So apparently respect. you're cool in, in Hampton Roads All in right. the Tidewater can, area of Virginia. Can I be honest? Damn this right. isn't meant to be a diss towards Jonas, but I, I would say Jonas is cool off air, but I find him cooler and more entertaining on air. That's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there's some is. times there's some times when he's he's not as quite animated off air. That, that's that's how I describe it. I'm just not all about the flash, you know? It's not, you just like you to know, kick back and relax I'll, a little bit. I didn't even way. answer. He woke <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell him yes or no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I really, I, you know, I really don't know that I know you guys off air, to be honest. You know, it's kind of weird. I spend well, more time with you guys on air. Well, that's we, true. But LaVar yeah. and I have hung out off air. Yeah. So we I, have, I, yeah, yeah. I, I've got that's a degree different. of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah there would be, yeah. Uh, the, the one time we were all together. I've never hung with, with some, Jonas. Uh, some circumstances. So that, you know, yeah, that was that. Out, little, little but, somber, yeah. a little bit more somber um, environment. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not, uh, I'm pretty quiet and mellow off the air. I just don't really, I don't know, I'm just not, I, I, I leave it all for the air. And then afterwards, like if I, if I don't talk the entire day, I'm good. Like I don't need to talk. Mm. I don't need to just lay back, you know, easy So going. you're boring. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Just, so you answered the question for yeah, me because I didn't want to answer wrong. Like. Is Jonas cool? Like, when he said it, he's like, is Jonas is cool? I was like, is Jonas cool off the air? Yeah, I'm not a method huh. actor. I don't need to get in the role and stay in the role. Just, you know, the light comes on, we do the show, and then afterwards, like, I just like to blend in with the crowd. Just like to be one of the hey, people, you know? But you clearly are a celebrity when and a superstar when the when the lights go up. Brother. Yeah, so, that's true. Well, that's there you go. Point. I just wanted there? to give you your flowers while you're still here. Hey, you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate it. That's, uh, yeah, it's, it's no problem, stuff. man. And, and for the, the, for, can I give people a description of what Jonas typically looks oh, like Jesus when Christ. he uh, when he goes go. out in public all right it looks like he just came from a funeral. That's usually what what he's wearing. Well, you I mean, tend to wear all black often. I mean, let, let's be honest. Mm. It, that's that's not a stretch from time to time. Uh, you know, <laughs> in these parts, <laughs> we want to be you know, we want to be truthful about it. So yeah, you know, it's, uh, but uh, okay. Well, up. after that, yeah, back to the show. Up, I appreciate you bringing it up, I mean, Brady. I'm, You're a good person. I'm, I'm trying to give people a visual right now. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, that was a good visual. I mean, I like black. What do you want from me? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> So does Lee. That's that racist. I, I like I'll black never t-shirts. Forget, I'll so never does forget Leroy. Our Super Bowl two years ago. Every time I, I, I was working, obviously doing some radio for Fox at the time, but doing some radio for uh, another uh, channel, another network. Oh, and okay. every time he would go down there to do his, his weekday stuff before we did our weekend show, 
he would find a way and he would just stare awkwardly at me the entire mm. show. And he'd, or he'd put it's himself funny. in a spot where he'd stare awkwardly. I, 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 when I say stare, I mean for like 10 minutes. And it's, it's mm. one of those things where you'd be you know, doing your thing, talking. We had guests on and whatnot. And yeah. I, I'd be, I'd be man, man, I feel like someone's looking at me right now. And it'd be Jonas and it yeah, just well, staring at me like a weirdo. Did he try time. to get you to look through the circle and like now, he does to me every <laughs> day in the studio? That is nice. Okay, truth be told, <laughs> the reason why I was staring the first day is because I didn't know Brady wore glasses. And so it's like you know, finding out you know, years after the fact that your best friend wears a toupee. And you're like, wait, 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 what? And and I was stunned, absolutely stunned, stunned that he was wearing glasses. It changed so, his life. I'm wearing did. glasses right now. It's disappointing. So, yeah. That's why. Wow. Yeah, that's why uh, wow. you know we uh, we've, we've wow. grown apart. Um, all right. So let's. Uh, can we get into this? Because uh, I smell yes. a little bit of BS here. All right. I don't yes. know. I don't wow. know what I'm talking about the uh, the pre-show fireworks from a couple BS. of members of the show. Uh, but wow. uh, I smell a little bit of BS here. Um, BS. Bruce Feldman of the Athletic uh, reported uh, late yesterday that multiple sources inside the Michigan football program think that if uh, Jim Harbaugh was offered the Raiders head coaching job that he'd take it. Now, I'm not saying that Bruce is reporting as BS because he always does a good job. He's always solid. Um, I think he's actually one of the last, you know, really credible ones out there. But this feels like to me that, you know, there's some there's some uh, back and forth negotiating and uh, leverage play going on here with uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, and he's trying to figure out a way to get more money from them, and whether or not they're balking at the time. This feels like he's throwing some stuff out there to try and uh, you know uh, jack the price up a little bit based on the haircut he took this past season, about four million dollars to be the coach of Michigan. That's what it feels like to me. I, I hope he's not using the Raiders as leverage. Uh, I, I hope it's legitimate interest if he is interested. For this reason, that team, the locker room, it went through a lot this year. There was a lot of things between the players, obviously John Gruden, everything else that comes along with that. And I do hope for their sake that they're just not being viewed as leverage for Jim Harbaugh to get an extension and get back money that he essentially gave back before this past year where they restructured his contract. He took less money and, and, I don't, I don't care who you are. If you become a head coach at the college or NFL level, you have an ego. And that ego, anytime someone comes to you when you're being one of the top paid coaches in college football and they tell you you shouldn't be because of what your results have been, even though you have improved the status of the University of Michigan. Say what you want about Jim Harbaugh before this year and how they couldn't beat Ohio State. Who else in the Big Ten has been able to beat Ohio State? <laughs> nobody. I mean, in all seriousness, nobody. Not, not on a consistent basis. Now, Penn State's been able to. You know, you saw that. And, you know, you go back earlier, maybe you'd say Michigan State. But the, the truth of the matter is no one has. And he brought stability to Michigan when they really didn't have it before that. So they ask him to take a pay cut. He does that. And then he goes and has one of those dream years where he wins a Big Ten championship, he beats Ohio State, he goes to the college football playoff. Now, granted, the dream ends there, but they end up losing to the eventual national champion, which I think we can agree there's something to be said for that. They probably Michigan probably would have played Alabama closer than Cincinnati did. Uh, I think Michigan was probably closer to that team that you could say, all right, maybe they would have been a little more fair match in the semifinals. I digress. He doesn't want to give up 
the fact that he's built all this back and now he wants to be paid what he thinks he should have been worth the entire time. So I hope he's not using a Raiders team that I think if you're any coach out there and you saw after Gruden went away, after the Ruggs incident, after Damon Arnett got released, after all of that, that team still band together and got to the playoffs. I think he sees something in them that's legitimate, but I hope he's not just using it as leverage right now and doing this to Mark Davis. There's nothing sadder than seeing a sad Mark Davis. Uh, and that's, that, that's why I just hope he's not toying with his heart. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, and, and the business of it all, Harbaugh has to do what he feels is, is the best approach to what he ultimately wants his, his outcome to be and outcomes. One thing I, I, I have always listened to is how dire a situation it is if Harbaugh doesn't beat Ohio State this year, if he doesn't beat them this season. And that has been something that fans and and anyone who's on looking has had to endure is Harbaugh coming up short against Ohio State, as you've mentioned. And in those conversations, if if people are paying attention, those are seriously intense conversations like your job is on the line. How much time does Harbaugh have to continue to lose to Ohio State? So for all of the negativity and all of the, you know, the questioning and, and trepidation that goes his way when he isn't getting it done. I have no I have no problem with him getting it done this year against Ohio State, getting it done winning the Big Ten championship and saying, hey, you guys didn't think I could get it done or you were threatening me that I had to get it done. I finally get it done. And you know what? If people are looking at me and they see a value in me and Vegas is is you got to believe their team isn't that bad. They're, they're not no. a bad team. And and so if, if he feels as though that that's something that he needs to entertain, however little or much he does, and that becomes a leverage chip for him and what he's doing, ultimately, I would say if it's me, if I'm at Penn State and I'm coaching at Penn State and I'm getting the same type of scrutiny and, and, and blowback when I lose to Ohio State, that time that I win – I want to make sure that everybody understands that you can either appreciate me in the wins and the losses or just don't appreciate me at all. And and at the end of the day, I want to be able to, to, to do my job in a way where you're not always putting my head on the chopping block. This is what he's earned by getting a Big Ten championship and a berth into the national uh, championship playoff series. So I t- – Handle your business, Harbaugh, and you play it out however you want to play it out because you did get money back. You, you did take take a pay cut, and, and you did deliver. And, and I think that, you know, results is ultimately what it comes down to. What do you guys think is the better job? Like, if it just, you know, let's pretend that, you know, all things being equal, money, everything. What do you think is the better job right now in the state of football where it's at? Which is the better job, the Raiders or the Michigan job? I mean, here's what I'd say about looking at head coaching jobs in general. The NFL is always going to trump college football, and it's not anymore because of pay. It used to be because of pay. I, I think it's, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to each. You do have more autonomy at the college level than you do if you're the Raiders head coach, right? You still got to answer to Mark Davis. You have to work with a general manager. 
there's those things that can get in the way. You know, it's a competitive league. It's all get out with the way it's structured with the salary cap, the draft, et cetera. But what you don't have to deal with is the lack of structure. And I think that's starting to be a hindrance on, on maybe how head coaches at the college level view the game right now. The transfer portal in general, forget NIL. Like NIL is not an issue because a lot of people believe, and it's probably true, that this has been going on underneath the table for as long as, as, as college football's <laughs> existed. And so now it's just above board in a more legal manner. Okay, so let's move on from NIL. It's the transfer portal. The transfer portal has essentially become free agency in college football. And so if that's the case, someone needs to come in and provide more clarity and honestly do what the NFL has done, where you have the start of a new league year and free agency starts and 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 guys can be signed. They can go out there and and figure out how they want to do this or they can go back to their team if they want. But I think there should be a window. I think there should be a window for kids in the transfer portal to decide when they want to leave and go to another opportunity. And if not, make them make a, at least a one-year commitment. I, I'm not asking for a lot. These kids are 18 years old. These are kids now, when we talk about transfer portal, they are already in college. I think we can ask for them to make a one-year commitment. And you can put in different clauses and things where, for example, the coach ends up getting fired before the season even starts. Okay, yeah, maybe they have to transfer and can go somewhere else in that instance. But that's an issue with college football. And I think a lot of coaches look and say, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Not only am I having to recruit high school kids, I'm trying to recruit guys on my own roster to stay here because I've got other teams trying to poach them. I mean, God forbid I've got a star player who's a freshman and I've got a senior who's done everything I've asked for him. And now my freshman wants to leave because I'm giving the senior some touches at running back too. I mean, those are legitimate concerns coaches have. And they're recruiting everyone nowadays. And, and it's just, it's, it's the wild, wild west right now in regards to the transfer portal. Someone needs to do something about that because I think you're going to push away guys like a Harbaugh who's like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I, I'd, I'd rather go coach the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, it's There's be 32, plays out. There are 32 teams. And that's, the, the NFL is always going to be, every 32 is elite. It's, it's an elite company. It's an elite job to have. And, and that's just ultimately what it comes down to. There are a few elite jobs, elite, elite, in the college ranks. And it just matters. What, what do you want as a coach, I think, ultimately would define if, if one is better than the other. If you were to choose college over pros, it's what do you want because your job description is very different from from pro to college. And so if you if you want more of 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 what college has to offer as a coach, then then college would seemingly be the better the better choice. If if pro having one of 32 opportunities to lead a team is 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 more attractive and and has more uh allure to it, then that's what you go for. I th- I think it's pretty simple. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the MMQB, always kind enough to join us here every single week on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, good morning. How's your Thursday going? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good. Great. We're just uh, yeah. trying to make sense of uh, what the hell was going on in Dallas over the weekend and just some of these <laughs> other uh, reports around the league. I, I did want to ask you, though, um, obviously we've got the games that we're going to touch on, but have you gotten in sort of a been able to take the temperature around the league of if there's a major move at quarterback, whether it be Russell Wilson and they've, you know, he's kind of uh, hinted at something. Of course, we know what happened last offseason. But if there is a move, a major move at quarterback, who's the first one to go in your mind as we head into this offseason? I mean, I, I, it depends on what happens with Russell Wilson, but I think he would probably be the first one if he does ask for a trade. And, I mean, this could go either way, but it wouldn't shock me if he winds up going in and meeting with ownership at some point, and maybe they come to the decision that the Lions came to last year with Matthew Stafford, where it's just best for all parties involved to move on. Um, And the reason why is Seattle has a pretty significant rebuild in front of it, and I don't know – the big promise, Russell Wilson, they're going to be contender in the next couple of years. If they want to rebuild, they need capital. They don't have a first-round pick this year. That uh, that first-round pick went to the Jets in the Jamal Adams trade. And so, yeah. Um, Josh I, I Snyder hates that, those, though, Albert. I mean, Josh Snyder hates first-round picks. I mean, how many have they traded no, away I in the know. past years? Yeah. I know, I know. But, I mean, like, but here's the thing, Brady. It's like they don't need one thing. They need a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you look at their roster, and it's not like they're – this third rounder and this fifth rounder, we're good to go. They're further away than that. I mean, their left tackle is a free agent. You know, their offense was a mess last year. They got to decide whether or not they're going to pay DK Metcalf, and I think that's a complicated decision. Um, you know, I, and then you look at their defense. They're still relying on Bobby Wagner in the middle. How many difference makers do they have on that side of the ball? You know, they're relying on Carlos Dunlap as a pass rusher. It's just. They have a lot of work to do, and that's and and, and I, I just I sort of look at it like if Russell Wilson walks in there tomorrow and asks for a trade, um, do they accommodate him? And I think if the if your feeling is, and if you're Seattle, your feeling is that this is the last contract he's going to do with the team. Well, he's only got two years left on that deal, and so can you get to the point where you're going to make it worth it to keep him for the next two years? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think you may need too many things to get yourself in a position to contend that quickly. And so I, I just think that that's probably the one because Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's getting traded between now and the draft. I just think the Texans may wait until there's a little bit more clarity on his legal situation so they can get better value for him. Whereas if the Seahawks and Russell came to a decision tomorrow, that, all right, like, this is it, and, 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 and we're going to trade him, and you're going to find a new home, Russell. Um, you know, he could be traded by the weekend. You know what I mean? Now, they can't execute the trade till March, but you guys remember what happened with Matthew Stafford last year. It's not impossible to see something quickly happening like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, as far as landing spots go, what do you or what do you foresee happening for Russell? Because the, the team that was reportedly trying to make a trade they were talking to took a first-round quarterback in Justin Fields. So I would imagine that's off the table now. Where could you envision yeah. him going? Well, the one that I have my eye on, um, Brady, is, is New Orleans. 
And, I mean, I think New Orleans would have to be creative from a cap standpoint to make it happen. But if he was on their list last year. I think, you know, he sort of would fit what Sean Payton wants. The team um, is very much in a win-now position. Like, if you look at their roster um, and you look at the amount of players that are either like in the back end of their prime or right in the heart of their prime, there's a lot of them, you know. And, you know, it's Cam Jordan. It's 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 Demario Davis, it's Marshawn Lattimore, it's Marcus Williams, it's Michael Thomas, if you can get him back in the fold. It's all those offensive linemen, Ryan Ramchick, Tron Armstead, you know, is a free agent, but you're going to, I mean, work to get him back. Alvin Kamara, I mean, it's a pretty good team. And they won nine games with, you know, just kind of like patching it together at quarterback all year. And so New Orleans is one that I have my eye on. The Giants are another one, depending on who they hire as their head coach. You know, and then I think you have to, like, sort of look at Cleveland, too, as being a potential landing spot for one of these quarterbacks. Now, I don't know there'd be Russell. I don't know they want to go with an older player like that. But I think that they're going to, despite what they've said, at least explore the idea of upgrading a quarterback. Um, and then I think you got the four teams that were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes that you have to have your radar up for, um, and that's Carolina, Miami, Philadelphia, and Denver. All right, I'm going to switch gears on you, and, and, and maybe this makes you happy. Maybe it makes you sad. I don't know. They beat your alma mater this year. Finally, it happens. Uh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh makes it happen, and now we're hearing the reports, and they seem to be intensifying a little bit, A.B. Um, what, how do you see this playing out? Uh, is, is this just a scare tactic to be appreciated more and, and be shown a little bit more appreciation through, a, you know, whatever it is that Harbaugh wants? Or is this a legit, you know, situation where he could possibly end up back in the National Football League? Well, don't get me wrong, LeVar. I think he likes making them squirm. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I think I said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the one thing I think we all know about Jim Harbaugh is that dude can hold a grudge with anybody. And, like, I don't think he liked the fact that he was forced to take a pay cut last year. I think he filed that away. And I think, you know, now if they're going to feel uncomfortable um, being where they're at with him, then I think that's all the better for him. Um, And I think that there's definitely a scenario where he's back at Michigan. The more, like, you sort of hear this and the longer it goes on, the more I'm starting to think, like, he does want to go back to the NFL. Now, I don't know if it's going to be this year, next year, whenever, but I remember hearing that even when he first got to Michigan, is that he had unfinished business in the NFL um, after losing that Super Bowl to his, to his brother. Um, and, I mean, the one thing about Jim is he's a little bit like Bill Parcells. I think it's the best coaching comp for him. And what I mean by that is he'll go into a place, he'll shake the place up, and eventually he'll wear everybody out. And that's what happened at Stanford. That's what happened at, um, at San Francisco. I would argue that's what happened at Michigan until he sort of reshuffled the deck before this year and kind of gave himself a new start. And so I think he's somebody who believes he can go in somewhere and win quickly in the NFL. And so, like, I know a year ago, LeVar, that he sniffed around just about every job, and really tried to kind of get in the mix with the Chargers and the Jets, and there was no NFL interest. And so this time around, you know, I I think the fact that his stock is up a little bit, I think there is a feeling like maybe I ought to take advantage of that. And maybe this won't be the same way two years from now when I'm 60 years old. And so I just think, you know, like there's definitely a real curiosity there 
And it'll be really interesting to see what happens if he actually, you know, gets an offer at some point from either the Raiders or the Bears or some other NFL team. It's uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter with the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe with you here on FSR. Um, how surprised are you that we haven't already had a coach hired in one of these openings or, or a general manager hire? I, it, it just feels to me like, you know, at this point, we would have seen somebody get, you know, hired or it's at some yeah. point. It just feels like it's taken longer than normal. Am I wrong? I mean, I, I think it, I think you're right. Like, I think it is a little slower. But I, I will say this, like, John, I think it's like what the NFL wants, you know? Like, I think the NFL wants this to be a slower, more deliberate process. They want teams to do their homework. And one of the main reasons why is because of the diversity problem they have. Like, they don't feel like over the last few years teams have done enough to get to know these guys. Like, the way the process has gone, I mean, really, if you look over the last five to ten years, a lot of these teams have so much work done by the time they get to the end of the season that it becomes a race to just hire whoever they, you know, sort of predetermined they wanted to hire. And the NFL's really wanted to break that. So I think that that's one factor here. The second factor to me is that there's no real bell of the ball. Like last year we knew going in that it was Robert Sala, that it was Arthur Smith, and there was almost a race to go and get those guys. And when those guys came off the board, you almost saw a race to get Brandon Staley, whose name got hot late. And I don't think that there's anybody this year that sort of fits that category. And that's allowed teams to take it a little slower. So I think this is actually a good development because, you know, these teams are you know, going through the first process. Some of them are doing it over video conference. And they're getting to know the guys a little bit. And then they're going through a second round where they're doing things in person. And I actually think that this is probably a better process than just, you know, doing your homework and then getting into some sort of race to get this coach or that coach over the other team. I think oftentimes that can be how a team can make mistakes and how, quite honestly, a coaching candidate can make a mistake because he's being hurried into a decision. So, you know, I I think we're going to probably get a hire here soon. Maybe it's Dan Quinn, who I think has been the number one name on the board. Um, But, you know, I I do think that what you're seeing – isn't a mistake. Like, I think there, is, there has been a more deliberate process this time around. Albert, do you think there's any chance that since Dan Quinn is kind of a hot commodity, that the Dallas Cowboys would look at what they have and say, I don't know that we want to let this guy out the door, given how the end, end of the season went for the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy still seems to say it's, it's the right call, even though I would argue that till the end of time. You think there's a chance they'd look at him and say, you know, a year from now we might be saying we just let the better head coach walk out the door and move on from McCarthy yeah. and hire Dan Quinn? Brady, I can't be clearer about this. They love Dan Quinn. Um, Stephen Jones, I mean, like does not want to lose Dan Quinn. And there's a nuance in his contract situation that's actually really interesting. So you guys remember, like, I think it was 14 years ago when they gave Jason Garrett that huge raise to stay and keep coaching under Wade Phillips, right? Because they love Jason. Yeah. Well, they can't do that here. And the reason why is that Dan Quinn's still getting paid by the Falcons. And so the offsets are such where, I mean, they would have to pay him like $9, $10 million a year to give him, to give him a, a raise over what he's already making. And so, like, I mean, I, I don't know what the Cowboys could do other than making him the head coach to keep him away from taking a job in say Denver with a guy who he knows really well and the general manager there, George Payton. 
Um, so I think the Cowboys have a decision to make. And, you know, Jerry, the one thing I know, having, you know, I, I was on that beat and, and knowing that team like I do, um, you know, one thing I know about Jerry Jones, he doesn't like to admit that he's wrong. Um, he, I, I, I don't think that, like, after going through they, what they've gone through the last two years, they want to detach from Mike McCarthy. I think their preference would be to keep the entire staff in place. But I do think the idea of losing Dan Quinn has sort of forced them to face this very real question, which is, can we can we go forward with Mike McCarthy potentially without either of his coordinators? And what would a Mike McCarthy staff look like with no Dan Quinn and no Kellen Moore? And would we be better off with Dan Quinn as our head coach? Um, I, I think it's a very real question that they've got to face right now. I think the likelihood is McCarthy's back there in 2022, but I don't think that that's making it any less difficult to, to, to look at the prospect of what might be ahead the next couple of weeks. I think uh, uh, a hot-button topic for me right now today that we discussed earlier is the Bruce Arians fining of $50,000 for making contact with one of his players' heads, yeah. short striking them, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Has there been any more clarity on what what's you know what the thought process of that or was it is it just pretty cut and dry I mean I, I feel like almost at some point you got to give if you're the NFL you got to give a little bit more color as to why you would find him for doing that because that's just not you know to me it, it's up to interpretation but it's also you got to take a really really hard look at what the NFL represents has represented and is in terms of looking at it from the perspective of finding that man $50,000. Yeah, I wish we had a little more clarity on it, too, um, LeVar, because I do think it's on them to be transparent in these sorts of situations. And, I mean, look, like, I think there's a question about, you know, like, I think there was a lot of, I'll put it this way, social media buzz coming out of that game about B.A., and it wasn't just that. It was Tristan Works going back in the game and, and, you know, I, I, like, to me, I, like, I, I, I'm with you. Like, you know, and I, I'm actually, like, part of my – one of my things I'm going to do today is I'm going to effort more of an answer, more a more uh, a more complete answer on that. But I think it is on the NFL to be transparent in situations like that, mostly because, um, you know, now they've sort of set a precedent. And if he accidentally hit him there, then is you – know, then the question sort of becomes, well – like, is this something that's going to be an across-the-board sort of thing now? And I think that's the trouble with reacting to social media sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think this sort of is one of those things that picked up steam on social media and I think maybe became a little bigger than it was on the field for the guys who were involved in it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's absolutely um, – there's absolutely like, – I think, I, think, I think, like, everybody – deserve sort of a full explanation on this and why this went down the way that it did and what specific rule BA broke and if it's going to be something that the NFL is going to enforce going forward. Because, you know, certainly I, I can't think of another example of a coach being fined that sort of way in this sort of situation. Uh, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB and always kind enough to join us every single week here on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll do it again next week. 
Thanks, All right, thanks guys. Have a great weekend. All right, there buddy. Is. Uh, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Hey. Mike check. check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. And now it's time for this. Here to feed your degenerate gambling soul. <laughs> the Prop Bet Monster. Sucker. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is where uh, during the regular season we were focusing on primetime games. I would make up some prop bets. I would throw them at LeVar and Brady, and we'd see how we did. Uh, and during the regular season, you guys finished tied. So we got to sort this thing out here in the postseason. So I have got a prop bet on each game this weekend in the NFL. And then the final one is a, uh, a prop bet on all the games together. So let's get it started. Uh, Bengals at Titans, Saturday, 4.30 Eastern time. And here's your prop bet. Derrick Henry's first carry. Does it go for positive yardage? Does it go for negative yardage? Or does he get stopped for no yardage? Positive. Uh, positive, yeah. I'm going to be positive. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, he can positive. fall forward at his side. What is he, 245 pounds, like six he's foot big, three? He's a big one. He, if he just falls forward, he's at least at the line of scrimmage. I mean, so, you know, he's dealing with a foot injury, so, you know, he may have gained a little bit of weight. This being able might to have cardio, been I mean. the easiest of all of the prop bet monsters okay. that you've ever given all us. All right, listen, I mean, just, yeah. everybody, uh, you know, mark the uh, mark the tape, as they like to say. Mark the tape that this was an easy one. I, I would have gone with no yardage at all. I feel like Well, uh, then Cincinnati go with no yardage. Well, let's I'm make not, this a wild card nah, deal. This, this isn't, let's, this put isn't, the, let's put the toilet seat back <laughs> on. Just, why can't you Since this is so easy. No, listen, you know? uh, I, I don't want to, uh, because I feel like I would have really uh, an advantage over both you guys in this, uh, oh, in this game. Wow. So I don't want to do that. Well, let's do a playoff edition. Let's do a playoff edition. Call in an audible. Make okay. a call. I, I will just say what I would have gone with. Uh, it, it's not official, but I would have gone with no yardage. Uh, I'm sure you are. Nice. No yardage. Uh, no okay. yardage. All right. Yeah, I got so you. you're just not one who yeah. expects to score. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what it is. He never right does. Here, Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's a nice guy right there, that Brady Quinn. You're not a finisher. Moving out. Yes. It is, it is what it is. Yeah, listen, uh, I get it. Yeah, I get uh, it. There's, there's a lot to that. Though. I learn but, more uh, about you every day. Always, uh, always good. Uh, just oh, nice everybody caught the innuendo. Um, Don't worry about it. Let's uh, keep going. Come 49ers, on. 49ers, Packers next up. That's the night game on Saturday, uh, the game to finish up Saturday's action. All right, so let's go. Kyle Shanahan's headwear. All right, is it a black flat bill hat? A white flat bill, a red flat bill, or because of the elements, is Kyle Shanahan wearing a beanie? Oh, a beanie, one hundred percent. Think so? Huh? Really? One hundred percent. He loves flat bill hats. He does. Though. Big flat bill guy. Okay. Like Brady. 
beanie now, 100%. What, and what's the temperature supposed to be up in Green Bay? It's in supposed to teens, be pretty frigid. In the teens, yeah. I believe. It leads a lap. You're the Packers fan. You don't know what the damn the temperature lap. is. Let's go live to our I should the know lap. what the temperature is at Lambeau Field Insider. Lead the lap for the latest, Lee. When I first looked, it was uh, 21 degrees. Now I think it's going below freezing, or excuse me, below zero with uh, wind chill. What? Oh, that's hold a beanie on. then. Uh, that's hold, hold easy. On a you can't wear a it's flat a, bill hat in that hold weather. Hold on a second. I, I need to. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of this, Lee. I don't know. That sounds like uh, <laughs> that's, that's a drastic drop from 21 <laughs> degrees to below zero. Um, AccuWeather says 14 degrees. Okay. I'm looking for wind chill. <laughs> Unless right. you decide to use the heating, uh, the the heating stuff that uh, Coach Coughlin used on his face that was meant for your arms, you know. Then <laughs> <Is laughs> he might have a cap on. I, but I, I'm it, going you know. beanie too. Wait, Let's is, go is beanie. that why Coughlin's face looked like it was melting in that game? Because he I used mean, the, the stuff from on thing, the body. From from what I hear, I, now that could be untrue, but from what I hear, the the whatever whatever it is that he rubbed on his face was supposed to go on your, you know other extremities i mean it looked like he fell asleep on a table saw i mean so I, i'm not uh like, and listen you do a show with plex who was in that game so i think you have yeah. good sourcing on no, this no i don't no, don't be throwing my sources out saying. there plexico isn't a source all right so lavar you're going beanie <laughs> yes all right, so we're going yes. to be there Wrong, uh, why, why coach uh, burn his face like that though? rams <laughs> <laughs> dude fix your face his face uh, vanilla sky oh, uh, no. rams, oh, no. rams buccaneers <laughs> Sunday, 3 Eastern time. First post-whistle altercation between Aaron Donald and Ryan Jensen. Over or under halftime? Ooh, now that's oh, a great wow. one. That's a great I, one. I'm you know they're say, going at it. I'm going to say under. Yeah. I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm going to take the, the over on that because they, they watching Donald. Aaron, I mean, Aaron, they, 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 just, they studied that. Like, he was coming with an assassination <laughs> type of movement towards the dude's face, and it's not labeled a punch. So you can't suspend him, but he was doing something that was, that was DJ going. DJ Humphreys last week? I think so. Yeah. Oh, he bro. was trying to choke him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> but, but did you see how he was trying to get the knuckles to the, oh, to yeah. the eye? Why, why is, is it Donald? Is, is it Aaron Donald the problem, or is everyone just who goes up against him? They get so I'm going to tell y'all what it is. He understands little maneuvers, like grabbing a thumb and making it feel like he's going to break it and different <laughs> things like that. He grabs different pressure points, and people don't like it. He's the Steven Seagal of the NFL. I mean, you kind of, yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, all like, right, uh, like real-life NFL Mortal Kombat out there with Aaron is. Donald. Uh, yeah. Bills at Chiefs Sunday, 6.30 Eastern time. What gets thrown on the field first yes trash a challenge flag or an object of a sexual nature like the one that was thrown last week yeah challenge number flag. two right, you're gonna go challenge, challenge flag <laughs> i'm going number two <laughs> wait yeah. well, challenge flag is number two do you want the object or you want oh, the no, challenge no. flag i want the object i want the object pac-man <laughs> <laughs> this good. is me to win first this weekend Bengals 49ers Rams Bills or none of the above Bengals Ooh. hey Ooh. Cincinnati <laughs> hey hmm I don't know Come I don't know bar. pick one Bills Cincinnati and who else it's first te- team to win road team to win first this weekend Bengals <laughs> 49ers Rams or Bills or none of the above None of the above. All right, so no road teams win this weekend, and that is the divisional edition of the Prop Bet Monster. <laughs> 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 